0: Today's guest is Constable Laurie McCann, who's been with the police, Toronto Police Service since 1998. She's currently an instructor at uh, the Toronto Police College she talks to recruits as well as uh, officers about social media, mental health and suicide awareness for officers also. She's spoken nationally in Canada and also internationally on social media cyber about cyberbullying, law enforcement. She has uh, close to 14,500 followers on Twitter. She um, has previously been a member or currently still is a member of the International Disaster Rescue Team. She's a frequent member of, uh, uh, slash runner of the National Peace Officers' Run to Remember, their 460-kilometre run from Toronto to Ottawa. I know for a fact she's a coffee addict. How do you have your coffee, Laurie?
1: Do I have... Not now. It's like 7.45, or what a time is it? Almost 8 o'clock at night. I can't have coffee.
0: <laughs> well, if you were having a coffee, well, how would you have your coffee? Oh,
1: how do I have it? Yep. i put two
0: milks. Dear, oh dear, gets in the way of the coffee. Anyway, uh, she's a social media officer. She's previously been a recruiter. Um, She's been a response officer. She's been in charge of planning for special events, an analyst, and even a special projects manager for Toronto as well. And she's once even saved another police officer's life, and we'll talk about that. She is, as they would say in Canada, a mom. But as we would say in New Zealand, she's a mum. There you go. And she's also a runner extraordinaire. Uh, and I have to be honest, before we even start, she is a police officer that I look at and constantly go, wow, that's amazing. That's what is inspiring me to do my job today. So welcome to the Laura Laurie oh. So, Thank how, you. Wow, I don't know if I can top that. I don't uh,
1: think I can. Well,
0: yeah, we've only got about another half an hour, so please do. So, hey, first question. I'm
1: going to try. I'll okay.
0: Try. First question for you is, how's your weather in Toronto today?
1: This was, well, we had weird weather today. Started off with snowing and then it changed to a bit of freezing rain and now it's raining.
0: Okay, so from. And it's
1: plus five degrees and it's supposed to get cold though
0: again tomorrow. Oh dear, so okay, from 22 degrees and a little bit of light drizzle, we're saying a big hello to you then. Um, so as you know, cause, I know uh, Yeah, I know, yeah, it's all right. Our seasons are in re- reverse, so we get it again. Um, as you know, we do the Pop Quiz Hot Shot Round dedicated to one of the world's best police movies, Speed and and you'll get the chance to disagree with me in a second. So uh, okay. f- first question for you is, who's the most famous person that you've ever met while you've been on duty? Most famous person
1: mm-hmm. while on duty? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it all depends on who somebody would think is famous, but I'm going to
0: say it actor-wise, yeah. uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Ah, there you go. All right. Uh, what's the best cop movie of all time?
1: Hot movie. Mm. Oh, See, I wasn't ready for that. I thought I was going to be prepared for this movie question. Yeah. There um. You go. Oh, the rookie. That's a good one. Like movie. There's not a good show? Is it movie wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the rookie. I okay. Think that's yeah,
0: called. good way. Yep, with Clint Eastwood and Charlie Sheen in it. No.
1: No, it's a different
0: one. Oh, okay. Um,
1: it's with um. And I can't even
0: think of his name. I'm going to have to have a look for it now. That's all good. All good. Okay. Yeah, and I can't think... Yeah, I thought it was
1: called The Rookie, but I guess it wasn't. Oh, mm. uh, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I was going to say Top Gun, favorite movie, Top Gun, but that's not a cop movie No, that's
0: movie not a cop movie. No, no. We can't lay claim to Tom Curry's, although I wish we could. Hey, uh, what are no, you... No. Apart from Brian and Bobby, obviously in New Zealand, what are the, your favorites that you follow on social media?
1: Yeah, you're my top
0: favorite. Oh, bless. Talk yep.
1: about you all the time. Yeah. Um... Some of the top favorites that I follow. There's a well, he's kind of new, and I actually met him at a conference. And his name's Anthony McLean, and he—I just actually retweeted um, a 30-second video that he posted about unconscious bias, and I thought it was amazing. He's just so full of energy. Uh-huh. Um, not a police officer. It's uh, Just amazing what he does. I think it, he works with youth. Um, he started to work with police officers, and I saw him at a conference, and I just think. Uh, he's bang on with social media. He's really good at it. But so oh. he's, he's one of the ones, um, you, of course, follows behind you. Uh, I find that, um, of course I was in Ireland speaking, but, um, and the UK and they do a bang up job. So Kerry Blakeman, do you remember Kerry Blakeman? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's another one of my favorites. I, he just retired from the police service in Birmingham, but he's still on social media doing, uh, as a drone expert. Uh, I love the stuff he puts out because he puts a little bit of uh, himself as well as, as work, and it's just a nice combination of what he puts out there.
0: Yeah, which is what you do as well, which uh, big ups to you as well I'll for that. So here we go. You've got to delete all but three apps from your phone. What are the three that stay remaining on your phone? Uh,
1: in, Instagram. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah.
0: And Facebook. Beautiful. Okay. Next question is, what's Laurie's? If Laurie was a pro wrestler, what would Laurie's entrance song be? The song that, when Laurie is just about to collapse on her run and she thinks, i got another like 3Ks left of me, but if this song hits, I'm going to go for another 15. What's the song that you that gets you
1: pumped up? Um, oh, see, and you got me on the spot there. Because uh, there's a lot of good songs out there. Um, uh, oh, you stumped me on this one. Oh,
0: uh, that's good, that's good. That's exactly what it's meant for we'll come back we'll come but back i
1: can't even think of it i can't think of the name of the song i can picture i can hear it in my head
0: do you want to sing it to us
1: and i can't think of the name of it i have to get my ipod out and look at it okay. i have a lot of good songs in it but i have a lot of different stuff right so
0: it has the upbeat yeah yeah sure yeah i don't have a favorite yeah all good no worries i don't
1: have a favorite song
0: but okay that's all good all right has anything happened to you uh to this day and during your life that you cannot and still can't explain today
1: that has happened?
0: Yeah, that's happened to you in your life.
1: Like good
0: or bad? Yeah, either or. Yeah, like I had a previous police officer who was on who had uh, never, ever gone down a street and uh, he said for some strange reason, he said it was almost like I saw a light coming down from the street and I walked down the street and I saw two young teenage girls who actually about to make a suicide pact and he said if I hadn't have gone down the road, I wouldn't have saved them. So it's something like that or not? Oh, no, I can't.
1: But I can't
0: explain. I can't think of anything else, top of my head. But I, I know. No, that's all good. Okay, all right. So here, your pop quiz, pop quizzes are over. So you're all good. But I'm going to give you one more. Phew. Here okay. we go. What's New Zealand look like to you from Toronto? What do you think of when people say New Zealand? What's the first thing you think of? Ah, uh, kangaroo. Okay. All right. <laughs> and beaches. Oh, yeah, okay, then, all right. So one out of two is not too bad. Kangaroos live in Australia, not not here, but that's all good. So, oh,
1: damn.
0: Yeah, that's all good. That's all good. So lots of people think of the Lord of the Rings, because that's where we were filmed, but no. Oh, we, see,
1: I never, I never watched that.
0: Oh, that's all right, because I was going to say, none of us look like hobbits. Well, I do, but I'm not that not that short. Anyway, so, <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly, All right. So the picture that we have on, of Toronto and New Zealand, obviously, I'm going to give it to you, and you can tell me whether it's wrong or wrong. So this is what we okay. see about Toronto. So we see kim's convenience we see suits we see titans flashpoint which was one of my all-time favorites and i like i like the headstones as well too uh the littlest hobo filmed in toronto as well i believe the blue jays and the maple leafs obviously um yeah shazam's obviously filmed there and i'm a huge shazam fan uh and of course rob ford's antics when he was your mayor i think (laughs) Yeah, and Stephen Amell, who's the Arrow, and that's about all we know about Toronto. And apart from it gets cold at winter, that's about it. So is that is that about a fair assumption of Toronto? Uh
1: yeah, that's pretty good. Actually, Flashpoint, I, I did. I worked on their set one day, I did a pay duty on their set, so that was pretty
0: cool. For for um, for Shazam or for uh, the Arrow?
1: No, for
0: Flashpoint. Oh, nice, good work. Very, very yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it was
1: actually a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, that's that's. Pretty
0: accurate. You said a lot more than I did. I, I obviously need to do my homework. Oh, that's all right. It's all good. You're
1: not the interviewer, so when that's
0: it, all good. When it comes to New Zealand. <laughs> so, so, look, the, the other big thing that New Zealanders believe about Canada, and I've been there three times, so I know that it's not true, but I'll get you to explain it. We all believe that all Canadian police are all Royal Canadian Mounted Police and that the Mounties are everywhere oh. and that they're all on their horses. And, and mm-hmm. I've, when I spoke to some of the other Canadian police officers I met, they were like, Oh, goddamn, Mounties, they're everywhere. But yeah. Um, Do you want to tell us the truth about Mounties and how they're not really everywhere?
1: They're not everywhere. So we do have the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and they are the federal police. And then we have like Toronto Police and Peel Regional Police and Halton Regional and they are provincial.
2: Mm -hmm. So it is
1: different, but everybody associates Canada with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yes, they look great in those red outfits, and they do have some horses. But we have horses too.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, they're not. They're not everywhere. Um, but you go to Niagara Falls, and what do you see? Mounties, right? Like all the souvenirs are Mounties. Yeah. So, so it's a. It's an unexplained phenomenon. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, that's because right. they aren't. They aren't everywhere.
0: Yeah, I've got so, to be honest. I mean, they
1: are federal, and they are across Canada. That is true. Um. But they're not like they don't police every section of Canada. Like if that makes any sense. Like every
0: every city has their own provincial police. Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. The, I've got to be honest. I visited Canada three three times, and the only Mountie I've ever seen was a stuffed moose Mountie at I think it was Edmonton Airport. So there we go. Um, what did you do before you joined? Yeah, the... what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. What did you do before you joined the Toronto Police Service, Laurie? I was okay. So I worked
1: in a hospital for eight years. And I was a, um, what we call a ward clerk, which is like a, a medical secretary. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, I also worked fixing bank machines. Oh, okay. Exciting yep. job. Yeah, fixing bank machines. Um, well, that's pretty much, I mean, I did a lot of jobs, but those are the last two jobs I had before I got hired.
0: Yeah. Um, and what, what inspired you to join the police?
1: Um. I don't know. You know what? I actually didn't go to school for it at first. Mm -hmm. Um, I had taken hotel and restaurant management. uh, And then I thought, you know what? This isn't what I want to do. I kind of had this... I don't know. I just wanted to do it. I I can't explain it. It was just something from high school on. I actually did my placement with Peel Regional Police in high school Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, just a few years ago. I'm not that old, really. Um, I know.
0: You're only like 24, at least, from the pictures I see. Yeah,
1: yeah, something like that. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, And... um, and then I had a good friend of mine. Well, it's just a good, I'm good friends with his brother, but friends of his family, uh, an officer that was killed in the line of duty. Um, mm-hmm. And that made me kind of question my choices in careers. Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? It took me about three years before I decided, yeah, I'm going to do this. So, and that was Todd Bayless. So I'm, I, I was really good friends with his brother. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I said, no, I'm going to do this. And that's who I obviously, as you know, I run for every year.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, and that's that's an awesome effort. And we'll come to that in a second. What was your first day on the job like? Can you remember? Every cop can remember their first day on the job.
1: Absolutely, I can remember my first day, and it was almost twenty-one years ago. Um, no, no, had, hang on. That um, means the math is all wrong, I mean, Laurie. That what? means
0: that, that means that you were three when you joined. So let's let's not mention the years. You can just tell me about oh, your first day on the right. job. Yeah, yeah. I
1: got hired really young. Yeah, really young. Um, so it was a massive snowstorm. We actually called the army in to dig us out. If if anyone saw that on the news, Mm mean, it's a huge snowstorm. And my first call ever, um, on my first day on the job, it was a house fire. So, of course, with my three seconds on the job, I'm like, oh, it's probably just a pot on the stove. No big deal. Well, we come around the corner. There's flames shooting out of this house. And uh, there's a guy standing on the the corner. And we find out later it's a local drug addict that we know. And I said, do you live here? He says, yes. And I said, "Um, is there anyone in the house? Yes my dad and my girlfriend. So the fire firemen went in and uh, they brought her out lifeless. And, uh, I got in the ambulance and they're like, okay, start compressions. And I'm like, okay, it's my first day. You want, can you mark for me? And I'll start pumping. <laughs> and, uh, I started doing chest compressions on her. I did start her heart, but unfortunately because she was down so long, she did, um, mm. she had brain damage. Mm-hmm. And then of course I our my boss at the time. Um, He's now passed away, unfortunately. But our big boss at the station, who he he, he kind of put the fear in people. He was a, a fantastic boss, but put the fear in people. He knew my first name on the first day in the job, and I thought that's probably not a good thing.
2: <laughs> and the
1: media the media started calling the station because I had done CPR on on one of the victims that came out of the house. And yeah, so that was my first day. I got overtime and spent the whole day at the fire. And at the
0: hospital with the victim. That's like an omen for your career, isn't it? Because that's we'll talk about it later on. But that's not the first, first or last time you'll do CPR, is it? To be fair. No. No, it isn't. So, no. No. So your job focuses a lot on youth now. Why do you think you've got a passion okay. for for youth?
1: Um. Obviously, because I am a wait. How do
0: you say it? I'm a mum. <laughs> yeah, a mom. Yeah. mum. Yeah. you
1: um. Yeah. I'm a mum. Yeah. Um, we have two girls, and I have two stepkids as well, a boy and a girl. Well, they're a lot older than in their 20s now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one reason. And two, um, obviously these kids are our future, right? And you see, you and I didn't grow up in a world of Internet and, and, and social media, and, and that's a whole other pressure on kids that we didn't have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so my passion is to keep them healthy. Uh, so they can go into their adulthood and, and not have these traumas or things happen to them that can happen through social media. So um, when I was lucky enough to uh, get a chance to speak in a school for the first time, which I believe we'll talk about that whole video you saw. Um, I It was just something I loved doing. And the reaction I got from these kids and the fact that I knew because they would contact me through social media out there that I was changing or helping shape lives in a good way.
0: Yeah, and the fact that you could tell some really good old-school jokes and they actually had no idea what you were talking about. That was hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, like when you use the word pound sign, they don't
1: know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
2: So, like yeah.
0: Now, Canada's got a great legacy, and I'll, I'll be fair here. When people talk about Canadians down in New Zealand, they very often say that Americans and Australians are quite alike. And the Canadians and New Zealanders are very much alike as well. But Canada's got a great legacy of some amazing social campaigns that you guys do. Like, for instance, you've done Pink Shirt Day. Um, there was obviously, um, I'm not going to say the outcry, but the sort of love after Amanda Todd's um, video. And you also are the country that where white ribbons started off. Why do you think that can, can, Canada does so well with like, some of these social campaigns?
1: Well, that's a good question. I'm not too sure. I mean, we, we have a lot of passion mm-hmm. uh, here. I like put the Amanda Todd legacy. Some people still don't know who she is, and, and a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the Walk for Mental Health that, that started up by people that are just affected by mental health every day. Yeah, It's everyday people that start these campaigns. It's people that are affected by them. Mm. Um, and I think that's why they have this passion to help other people. You know, we're polite. We say sorry all the time. You know that we're Canadians. Uh, Yeah, you do. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. God Uh, bless. God bless you for it as well. Yeah. So that's all good. Yeah,
1: but I think I think it's the passion because from a lot of these projects that you see, it's usually coming from not somebody that says, "Hey, you know, I want to make a," and I'm this is just my opinion, but uh, I want to make a difference in this world and start a campaign, which still is a fantastic thing to happen. It's mm -hmm. people that are directly affected by whatever their cause is that they're campaigning
0: about. And I think when that passion comes through, people listen. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, I'm going to talk to right. you about him later on when we get to running, but my all-time favorite hero is the perfect example of that, and his name is Terence Stanley Fox. So I'm sure you'll know who he is. All right, so Toronto, yeah, yeah. Toronto has the reputation of being one of the safest cities in North America. And in recent times, there's been a few incidences where Um, I'm going to refer to you guys as the TPS, the Toronto Police Service have responded to mass casualty incidences for which I'm guessing is kind of a new thing for police worldwide as well Um, are you like many police forces and I call call you a police force because that's kind of what we are here around the world are are your tactics and deployments constantly changing to meet uh, that demand from uh, your community? Um, 100% so are we talking about
1: the mass Casually, instance, or just in
0: general? Yeah, yeah, just in general. I mean, just the way that the uh, the face of policing has changed. I mean, even in New Zealand, and we're very, very small, and we're very, very insular down at the bottom of the South Pacific, but even our sort of our tactics and our methods are changing constantly, so we're always on the lookout and always on the alert, whereas when I started 23 years ago, when you weren't even on the planet, Laurie, um, there yeah yeah there was you know it was purely about catching bad guys and very much that was pretty much the role of a police officer there wasn't anything there wasn't any terrorism or there wasn't any um mass casualty incidences like you guys have had in the past so are you guys constantly having to change your tactics and the such like yeah obviously
1: i'm not directly involved with the changes and stuff but i can tell you yes we were the same way right it was go out and get the bad guys yeah
2: um
1: now obviously with the world changing and the way uh, life is changing you have to adapt to that and we do we have our neighborhood officers that are out there speaking to our community and listening to our community and you know listening to what they want Mm -hmm. um we have our school um our school officers which we call them uh, set officers now that go into the schools and help the youth right that they that's mm-hmm. their sole job is to stay in the schools um and deal with the youth there whether it's a good or bad situation but they're in there they're proactive um with the mass casualties of course uh, as soon as they happen around the world uh, i'd like to think most police services like ours does is they start looking at how, how can we change things yeah. even when we have a you know a blue jays game they yeah. now have concrete blocks that block the road so uh, vans can't come through and this was before the van attack so we were prepared for something that may happen because it was happening yeah. elsewhere in the world
0: yeah exactly so
1: absolutely things things have changed and they're, they're constantly changing with what's going on in the world right like you just you never know but we do adapt
0: absolutely and you one of the key areas there is obviously social media because um your social media unlike new zealand is monitored 24 7 by yourself and the other officers um I, i'm guessing is that correct in toronto
1: that we monitor 24-7? Yeah.
0: So you monitor the... Uh,
1: yeah, we have a we have a special office, well, office unit called the Toronto Police Operations Centre, as you know, where they have a Twitter account. Yeah. They're mainly for just pumping out radio calls, but mm-hmm. they have officers up there that yeah. monitor social media 24-7. Yeah. How, Absolutely. How did you... And we never had that before. That's Go ahead.
0: Um, I was going to say, you've never had that before. How did you get into it? Because, I mean, let's be honest, if I'd said to you, when you joined, and again, I haven't mentioned in year's because I'm not that type of person. Um, how, I, if I if I'd said to you, "Hey, Laurie, eventually you're going to do this thing called Twitter, and you're going to be like, you know, world famous," for it, you would have probably looked at me and said, "Yeah, okay, sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to get you a room very shortly as well, Brian." But how did you get into social media in, in Toronto? Okay, funny story.
1: So, I was a crime analyst at the time from mm-hmm. um, uh, 14 Division, and I was told. You know, you know, officers are voluntold at times mm-hmm. to take things. And I said, okay. Um, and I thought, I don't have time for this. I've got my own personal Facebook. I, um, I've i got two young kids. When am I going to have time to do this social media thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I went on the course, and it was a two-day course. And um, I was like, okay, okay, this is pretty cool. And it was one of those things where I just, I loved it. And I latched onto it right away. Obviously, it has taken me. I've been at it for Uh, almost seven years, just into my seventh year of social media. And um, I was told from the get-go that I I had a knack for this, and I I was able to interact with our community. Um, Not other officers, because yes, I do that as well, hence how you and I met, but um, I have a knack of, of communicating, and I try to have a bit of myself come out as well, right? So it was one of those things where I didn't ask for it, I was told to do it, and it worked out. It worked out well, and I love what I do. Like, I'm very passionate. I think there's, there's a lot of good in social media, and um, I like to tell people that. Whether they want to hear me or not, I tell them. I'll yeah, <laughs> it.
0: is. You've got a similar style to me as well. You're not afraid to um, as we say here in New Zealand, poke the borax at yourself, which means you're not afraid to have fun with yourself as well. Like The the latest picture that you had of yourself from the Raptors game last night where you looked very, very stern indeed, <laughs> Constable McCann. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But you put it up out on Twitter and basically said, hey, somebody want to caption this and yeah, some of those replies were wonderful. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you
1: read the comments? They were pretty funny. Yeah, they were. Yeah.
0: They were pretty good. Hey, what's the biggest mistake that most people make with social media
1: um not listening right so you have to really um you have to listen um when i by listening i mean what's going on out there Mm -hmm. um before you post and then ignoring if somebody has a comment the worst thing we can do is ignore Mm -hmm. right because they're going to make their own assumptions then if you're not answering them Mm
2: -hmm.
1: they may not like your answer uh, but you can still be professional and answer that person, whether they want to hear it or not. That's that's going to be my answer. Yeah, and I did that recently. It wasn't on my account; it was on another account that I I helped with. Um, but somebody was basically calling us racist, and I I, I corrected him politely. Yeah.
0: So, um. Yeah. In Canada, the biggest social media platform used by most people is, wit- is what?
1: Oh, like between Twitter and, um, uh, oh, in Canada. Yeah. I always say um, it's Instagram. Yeah. Everybody's on Instagram, right, from young kids to um, older older people, we'll say, mm-hmm. to companies, to police services. I think Instagram is a worldwide. You get some demographics on Twitter, you mm-hmm. get some on Facebook, but everybody, it seems, has Instagram.
0: Yeah, just just so you know, in New Zealand, Twitter's not really a big thing. It, it's not too big, but it's certainly not as big as um up in North America. Um, we do Instagram. Facebook's probably the big one here. So that's yeah, just just for your records. So your job's you spend a lot of time yeah, Facebook's
1: you, pretty big
2: too.
0: Yeah, you spend a lot of time with youth, uh, preventing sexting and online bullying and when you give advice to teenagers about social media. What are the key points that you normally give to youth about social media when you talk to them?
1: Oh, to the kids. Yeah. Um it's Safety, safety, safety is so important and privacy. I'm like, would you let a stranger walk in your house and look in your room? And they always look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. I said, and they're like, no.
2: Yeah.
1: I said, then why are you allowing everybody into your account? Because that's what you're doing. Because yeah. it is your life. Yeah. So I'm constantly and, and not talking to strangers and not sending pictures to people you don't know. Because once you send it, you can't get it back. Yeah. Um, so safety is key. Privacy is key. Uh, who you allow into your accounts is key, um, and understanding that, um, you know, we are here even as police officers to help you. And people have reached out to me several times through social media youth uh, mm-hmm. when they need help. Um, but the key thing is because what youth are always doing is they're trusting the person on the other end. Meanwhile, they don't know who they are. I mm-hmm. says, so why would you do that? Right? You, you wouldn't do that if they no. were at your front door. Yeah. So it's no different if you're online. So that and because that's where we see a lot of our stuff happening is that kind of interaction with strangers, and then they get themselves in trouble.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. In New Zealand, for instance, we've got a lot of people, including cops, who don't see social media as part of their life, and that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But it's fast becoming a serious crime-fighting tool, as you and I both know. Can you give us the best result that you've had from your time as being a social media officer with with the police service? With
1: using social media. Yeah. Like, it, um, are we talking crime or just anything? Anything. Oh, because I've been on for, yeah, I think seven years. Yeah,
0: yeah, because I know, one of the best. I, I've read that you've stopped some um, kids from self-harming um, themselves via Twitter. Is that correct?
1: Um, we did have uh, one who, um, yes, so... They tagged the Toronto Police, and at the time we didn't have the Toronto Police Operations Mm Centre, and um, Scott Mills, who was monitoring at the time, was off, so there was a few of us monitoring the the account. So I got up, it was early in the morning, and I saw a post that said, uh, help me, I'm going to, uh, and tagged Toronto Police, help me, I need help, I need to get help, I'm going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines, and I thought, oh no. So right away, thankfully, this person was in our system. I called our radio room, and um, I had a car sent over there. They had this person's address. Uh, They were apprehended. I I asked them what to do. I I mentioned what they needed to do and what they needed to check because of her post, and she was taken to the hospital and got help. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had other ones reach out through private messages on Facebook Mm -hmm. saying, um, you know, uh, that one lady wanted to take her life, but I didn't know where she was. And this was the key, right? But I looked at our mutual friends, and one of our mutual friends was an officer in Alberta. And I went, oh. So I messaged him. I said, I need to call you. And sure enough, he knew exactly who she was.
2: Yeah.
1: Because um, she wouldn't tell me where she lived. I tried, and I tried, and I tried. Kept her in conversation. Anyways, he helped her. But then she reached out months later saying, you helped me before. I'm sitting in my car in my garage and with, with the car running. Mm-hmm. And I then phoned their 911 center, and they sent cars over to help her. Yeah. And she's still alive today. So. Yeah. That wouldn't happen without social media. I, I don't know where she'd be today, yeah. honestly.
0: And I'm pretty sure that I, I know, because I know Alberta really well. Um, can you tell us roughly the distance between Toronto and Alberta, just so that uh, the New Zealand listeners oh, like will get someone it's,
1: it's pretty darn far. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a plane ride away. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not like I could hop in the car and go check on her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You'd have to hop on a plane and do that. So the fact that I can interact with other officers, uh,
0: through social media and help a person, we couldn't do that before. No. Um, and I'm sure like so. you like me, you get plenty of criticism from what what we call in New Zealand, the frontline troops, uh, the frontline police officers oh, yeah. as they watch your social media account and go, man, there we go, there's that McCann, she needs to get a real job. What do you say to? what do you say to the, yeah, you, yeah, say to the critics of um, social media units or social media officers when they give you that?
1: Um, it's gotten a bit better, but before it was like, yeah, right. All you do is tweet like, really? And you know, like I, I was, um, oh, at my event last night at the Raptors game, one of the officers on parade says, are you going to tweet this? I'm like, yeah. haha, no. Yeah. Right. That picture was taken of me. Yeah. Um, I didn't take it myself and nor did I post anything about the, uh, the game, but, um, I don't even get called by my name. It's I get called the coffee cop. It's kind of funny.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: even by um, our, some of our higher ups and our bosses, it's like, hey, coffee cop. I'm like, I should just change my name on my certificate to that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yes, I still get that. And I said, you know what? I said, so social media is a tool that can be used on many platforms. Yes, can you use it for fluffy stuff? Of course. But you can solve crimes. You can help people. You can interact with your community. I said, I'm interacting with people and I'm sitting at my desk. Yeah. And I said, that's a pretty cool tool. I said, it's another tool on your tool belt. Uh, so I don't get the criticism as much as I used to. When it first came out, my nickname was Hashtag, around the station. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, oh, well. Hey, look, it's getting better. That's I could be called good. worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you're also a ma- yeah. massive representative of mental health awareness, um, not only in the police service, but also in your community as well. Why is that? Why are you such a, a huge advocate of mental mental health? And mental health awareness.
1: Mental health. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm affected by it personally within my family. Mm -hmm. Um, a few um, family members and my daughter. Mm -hmm. So I'm passionate about it that way. And also, um, which I think is my driving force, is because I have family members that are deeply affected by mental health. Yeah. Um. Not that I have any mental health issues. Not. Obviously. As a mom and a police officer, but running is my mental health, right? Yeah. Because we do get overwhelmed at times. We do get, and without my running, I'd, uh, I don't know where I'd be. But I know we're going to talk about that in a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, So because I'm affected by it, and that kind of goes back to you asking that question: Why do we have all these campaigns that work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because people are, are affected by it personally, and um, that's a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, because I'm affected by it personally, and I see what it can do. I see what it can do to a family. I can see what it does to a human being. And um, I think we need, especially for youth, they need the help, right? Yeah. And if we're not there helping them, um, what have they got? They need to know that there's people out there that they can trust and lean on when they need that, that help. And I'm not a doctor by any means, um, but I'm a, I'm an ear and I'm, I can listen.
0: Yeah. Now, you, your release, mine's like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so I constantly go and hit the mat and realize how awful at Brazilian jiu-jitsu I am and come away with a few lumps and bruises and everything else. Yours is running, right? Why mm-hmm. Why running?
1: Um, And believe it or not, when I first got on the job, I hated running.
2: Yeah.
1: I only did it because I had to. Yeah. And yeah. then I did a fitness competition. So uh, years ago, my friend says, you should do this. I'm like, fine. And I was working out twice Twice a day, up at 3 a.m. to get my cardio in. Um, you know, eating broccoli and chicken, and I like to eat. I have a sweet tooth, so this was not this was not working for me.
2: Mm-hmm. So I
1: did the competition. Proud to say, you know, I was proud of myself. I did really well. Um, but I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. So then one of the girls I I was did the competition with says, hey, I'm going to run a half marathon. My started small, I say. Mm-hmm. And I, she's like, do you want to run with me? I'm like, okay. And that's how my running started. Yeah. Um, I started running with her. And I've done 10 halves since then. And that was probably, uh, that started in about 2004. 2000, that was my first half marathon. But I am a lone runner. Um, I don't usually run with people. I will the odd time. Um, but I like, that's my time. That is my thinking. I do my best thinking. That is my meditation. That is my, so it's a bit selfish on my part. I never ask people to come running with me.
0: Hey, it's all so, fine. Like my old partner described, she was also a runner, and she used to say to me when we were sitting in the car, she used to say, you realize, Brian, that if you and I go for a run together, I'd say, yeah, she goes, it would be a little bit like a rhino and a gazelle. And I said, and I let me guess, and she said, yeah, she said, you're not the springy one. So, yeah, I understand completely. That's all good. Um, how long <laughs> yeah, is it?
1: It's not a selfish thing, but
0: yeah, that it, is. Yeah, it is. How long is it before your members of your family turn around to you and go, Mom, you need to go for a run? Because you're getting cranky. Oh, happen Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, my kids are like, yeah, seriously, Mom? Uh, maybe you should go for a run.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? Um,
1: and now, and, and my youngest, they know, right? I am I get really cranky and yeah. I get extremely irritable. So as you know, with all my injuries, it's not a good time when I'm not running. No. I try to do other things. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, But they know because I start getting really cranky. Um, And irritable
0: if I don't if I don't go for my run.
1: Yeah, have you? It's a weird thing, but it's it's an addiction. Have you ever heard of
0: ever heard of a man called David Goggins? No. All right, I'm gonna I'll just remember his name and go and Google search his book once this interview is finished. Because apart from him, you are the only person I know that has sent me pictures of yourself running at half past four in the morning on a treadmill or out in the snow. All right. (laughs) so yeah so yeah and I,
1: yeah what did i say it was It's stupid o'clock yeah, yes. yeah
0: exactly yeah so um now speaking of which you every year just about you do the heroes in life run what's that all about
1: so the national peace officers memorial run is it was started by peel regional police uh this will be our 13th year i want to say off the top of my head mm-hmm. and they started with a group of 12 runners and they had a running team and it's for fallen officers um So anyone that's died in the line of duty across Canada, um, we run for them. Mm -hmm. So for Toronto, any of our fallen officers, uh, we wear armbands. Obviously, I um, I wear Todd Dillis' armband. Um, And we run from Toronto to Ottawa. So obviously, it's 460 kilometers. We don't run 460 kilometers. Um, But you do a minimum of 10K a day. You do it over three days or run as much as you want. I mean, I hit a milestone this year, and I, I mean, I'm proud of it, because I hit 100 kilometers yeah. in three days. So that's just over, well, or just almost three three marathons in, in three days.
0: Mm-hmm. Which makes you... you... look at it that way, yeah. and
1: um, hence why I'm, I tore my glute, because I thought I'm 20, and I could jump back into it after two days rest. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, which exactly? But
1: it's, it's a somber time, and... Um, it's also, you get to meet a lot of officers from across the world, but you, you run. I Yes, I run with people, mm-hmm. but I don't talk. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm not running with anybody right now, um, but it's a great uh, team effort, and you're only as fast as your slowest runner. Mm-hmm. We run as a team. We run in as a team, it's a, and it's, it's really cool. Yep. Like I said, you get to meet officers from all
0: over and they're all running for somebody. Yeah, that's magic. Idea. Yeah. So all I'm gonna to say to you is stick with the rhinos at the back. The, the rhinos will protect the gazelles. That's all I'm saying, Laurie. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So hey, now you once. You once saved a police officer's life, uh, who had did he have a heart attack in front of you? Pretty
1: much, yes.
0: Yeah. And did you know he was a police officer or did you just think he was a member of the public? No.
1: Nope. No, I, I had no idea. So I was actually doing what we call a paid duty. So it's extra hours, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're not working and you make extra money. Yeah. Um, so for once, I wasn't running. I, so that was actually hard for me to watch people run because, of course, I want to run when I see that. Yeah. Um, and I was directing traffic, and it's where the half marathon and the marathon split. So it was 500 meters from the finish line of the half marathon. And there was kind of a bus in my way, but I hear this woman scream. And it was one of those not I stubbed my toe, like blood curling scream. Yeah. So I told my partner, I go, man, man, uh, you know, watch this intersection. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And I go, and there's a runner face down. And I, I flip him over, and he's gray. And I'm like, this is not good. This other guy, it was a team effort, because I'm not taking credit for this, because if it wasn't for the people around me, this his life wouldn't yeah. have been saved. So yeah. a gentleman comes over, he's watching, waiting for his wife to run by, and says, I'm a doctor. So of course, I'm like, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> He comes over and he starts doing AR on this runner. Yeah. And then another guy comes up and says, I'm a paramedic. I'm like wanting to be a firefighter or something. He is now a firefighter, yeah. uh, Tyler. And he comes in. I said, can you start compressions so I can get an ambulance coming? He goes, absolutely. So uh, I get the ambulance rolling and then I take over compressions. And we're right in the middle of the run. There's people running around us. Yeah. Um, and this guy actually yells out, you should get an AED. Thank you. You yeah. don't think we know that? Yeah, like, yeah. We're, It's on its way. Yeah. So we actually did CPR on him for seven minutes. It was six to seven minutes before the paramedics could actually get into this run on -hmm. bikes. They're on bikes. And um, I then put the AED pads on because that's what I was told to do. And uh, it was a shock. So he kind of did. He didn't wake up, but, you know, made this noise. And his arm actually hit me because I didn't step back enough. Mm -hmm. And they took him in the ambulance. And I just said to the officer, because this runner had fallen face down, he had blood all over him. So as a precaution, I said, "Can you one? I got everybody's name. One, I want to put them in for an award, and two, just to make sure that the runner had no diseases, because that's what we do as officers, right? Because yeah. he had blood all over his mouth, the yeah. uh, the spectator, and then oh, and I forgot to bring in the other guy that just pop, kind of popped in and was and uh, helped out as well, and he ended up being a doctor that I didn't I didn't know he was there watching his girlfriend. So he runs off. They take him to the hospital, and I said, to "The officer, please let me know what happens and how he's doing." And he says he's a cop. And I'm like, no, he's not. I didn't believe him. So um, he was. And I ended up talking to him um, the next day. And I went to see him. But what happened right after that run was I had um, I had social media. And I just put out a tweet. And I said, I worked hashtag the Toronto Marathon today. Helped save a life. It was a great day. That's it. Well, we have media that follows us. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got back to the station, I was leaving. Um, I had ended up, I was going to my friend's house, my girlfriend's house for a jewelry party. Three live eyes showed up at her house. I had done three interviews on the phone. And then when I walked into the hospital the next day, the nurse goes, Hey, you're that cop from the news. So that's, that's, I'm like, yes, can I just go see Andrew please? So I went to see him in the hospital the next day and we met and we've been friends ever since. He he, actually gave me his running watch and and I wore that until it, it fell apart.
0: He's running again now as well, isn't he?
1: Yeah. And he's, he's been a runner all his life. Um, he just had a blocked artery and a piece of the blockage came off and stopped his heart. So he was technically dead for seven minutes. Um, and I've run, I've run with him. He does the run to auto as well. Um, and I I ran with him the one year and, uh, met his parents. We actually had a teary moment because they're like, you say, I'm like, I helped save your son's life. It was a team effort. Um, But
0: yeah, I mean, a friend for life and what a way to meet, right? Yeah, exactly. And I I saw your CBC interview as well. So it's a good one on YouTube in case you haven't seen it. So 14,500 Twitter followers. We asked them, come on, ask Laurie all sorts of questions. You even fired it out yourself. And to be honest, we didn't get very many good good answers whatsoever. The best one we had was from somebody from Australia saying... Ask Laurie about why New Zealanders like Marmite more than they do Vegemite, uh, and you said you have got a funny Marmite story from England. All I'm going to do is to give you some idea, and yeah. you'll, get, you'll get the drift. Being the coffee cup, uh, coffee cop, is this: if I said to you, uh, "We're going to buy Starbucks or we're going to buy a Timmys," you know that you're going to go and buy a Timmys every single time if you're a Canadian, a real Canadian, as I as I call them. It's the same thing with Marmite and Vegemite. So now you know. All right, so. What's your mammoth okay. What's your story in England?
1: <laughs> okay, I've never touched the stuff I smelt it, and that was enough. Yeah. Um, but I was I was at a conference um, the Smile Conference in England, and I was coming back and we had two uh, civilian RCMP <laughs> yeah, ironically yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough, yeah. Off- officers because they had spoken at the conference. and I had a whole suitcase full of chocolate I was bringing back. And I went right through no problem. And the one civilian officer from RCMP had one jar of Marmite, and they put him into secondary. <laughs> he got searched because of his Marmite. <laughs> See?
0: That is I don't know.
1: <laughs> and the, yeah, and the the gentleman that asked about that, he's actually from he's from Australia. He was born born in Australia.
0: Uh, um, yeah, I was going to say that's why he's asking. Yeah, and
1: he, Martin Blake. Yes, yeah. he um, he works for us. He's one of our videographers. Oh, good. Um, work. So. Yeah, he's actually pretty funny. He's well, a great guy. But
0: uh, that's why he probably brought that up. Good work. Do you see him on a daily basis? No,
1: no. Okay, next he's at t- headquarters. Okay. Next think.
0: time Next time you see him, just put his arm, put your arm around him and say, that, just say to him okay. this, just say Constable Brian wants to know what it's like having the fifth best rugby team in the world. All right? Because oh. we're, we're the, we're <laughs> well, the best. Well, he's a rugby player too. That's yeah, not going right. to go yeah. over well. Yeah, that's all right. That's going to go over real no. well. So, no worries. Yeah,
1: no. And, you know, if you ever make it to Toronto yeah. uh, in a lifetime, I'll make sure you two meet and you guys can hash it out.
0: Yeah, good work. Exactly. And bring
1: him a jar of Marmite. Oh, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll be bringing Marmite for everybody. We're going to be sitting in the meal room eating toast, <laughs> that's for sure. So, all right. Two more oh, questions. My two more questions for you. What does a day off for Laurie look like? Okay.
1: Uh, a day off for me um, would be running mm-hmm. of
0: course
1: right you got to get my run in yeah, yeah um
0: how far do you normally run and family st-
1: family stuff how, how far yeah
0: normally like an average run for you is what uh
1: it's it's usually around as you know i'm injured so it's, it's a little less but it's usually anywhere from eight to 10k
0: yeah on and average and what time do you normally do for 10ks because you're quite quick aren't you
1: yeah 10k i'm usually at about 53 minutes
0: yeah yeah. 50, yeah, yeah, about yeah. If, 50 if, ever, if ever we do go for a run, I think maybe the first 200 meters we'll run together and then I'll let you have your alone time, all right? <laughs> you'll yeah. be like,
1: I'll
0: see you at the end. Yeah, yeah. Is it, I'll call yeah. it an act of friendship and you'll go, no, you're just being the rhino, so that's all good. So final question for you <laughs> is this, uh, and I know that you've listened to the podcast, you know what the last question is. It's the day of your eulogy and people are talking about Constable Laurie McCann what do you hope that people will say about Laurie? Uh, and if you were lucky enough to hear it, what would you hope that they'd say?
1: That um, I was basically a good person, that I was honest, I was humble, uh, giving um, a great runner. That'd be good if it Yeah, good yeah, 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 Um, I guess memorable, right? I, that In a good way. Yeah, yeah. That I touch people's lives. Yeah,
0: definitely. And you in a dev- good way. You definitely do. So... With that, thank you very much indeed, my sister in blue, for taking the time and having a chat to us.
1: Thank you. I am honoured that you have chosen me for one of your podcasts because uh, I look up to you. You believe it or not, I do. Yeah, I look up to you. Yeah,
0: it's quite obvious. You've only ever met me on social media because in real life, nobody looks up to me, not unless you're a smurf. So yeah.
1: I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. Knew that was coming. yeah exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. So yeah. So so thank you for taking the time. Um, and I will be in touch very shortly. And so that concludes another cappuccino with Constable Brian. Until next time, stay safe. Take the time every now and then to stop and smell the coffee. And if you want to find out more about the amazing Constable Laurie McCann from the Toronto Police Service, then make sure that you follow her on Twitter. And what's your Twitter address again, Laurie? Because I know that you've got it tattooed somewhere.
1: It's (laughs) it's at the Coffee Cop. All of my social media platforms are at the Coffee Cop.
0: Yeah, there you go. So make sure that you follow follow Laurie. And when you do follow her, please just tweet out to her and say Constable Brian said I should follow you. And that'll make us both happy. All right, Laurie, take care and uh, stay safe, my sister.
1: Thank you, Brian, and you stay safe as well.